12. This is a uh, therapeutic generation. And uh, there's, a, uh, there's a focus uh, on a lot of uh, psychological terms and, and uh, from the viewpoint of a therapeutic generation. Uh, there's a, a, a focus on recovery. Uh, there's focus on inner healing. Uh, there's focus on self-esteem. A lot of talk about self-fulfillment, healing of the memories, and uh, half a dozen other terms that uh, don't come to mind at the moment. But at the same time, there's a tremendous neglect, it seems, in churches, because all the terms that I'm just telling you are terms that are used in churches that should be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in all of this uh, the lingo and uh, jingoism, it seems to me that there is a, a neglect of the central theme of the Bible, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that has the power to change human nature. All of these things that I've, uh, that I've uh, talked about are attempts uh, at uh, uh, psychological approach or uh, some kind of a, a uh, uh, terminology that would somehow alter human conduct. But you'll never alter human conduct permanently until you alter human nature. And none of these have the power to alter human nature. There's only one thing in all the world, and there's only one thing taught in the Bible that will alter human nature, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to uh, minister this evening a very simple message on the power of the blood, Exodus chapter 12, uh, with a, a very famous image, Im imagery from verse 21. Exodus 12, verse 21. Then Moses called uh, for all the... Uh, uh, elders of Israel and said to them pick out and take lambs for yourself according to your families and kill the Passover lamb and you shall take a bunch of hyssop dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. You shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children shall say to you, What do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads in worship. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. And then one verse of Scripture in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 28 John the Baptist, this is, he's at the riverside, he's baptizing, the baptism of repentance. All the land of Judea and Jerusalem has come out to be baptized. He sees Jesus coming to be baptized. And John 1.28, John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. I want to talk to you very simply about the power of the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ tonight has power to cleanse. 
Now, there's a major error, and I want to uh, kind of think about this for a moment because we have uh, therapists of all kinds. Some of these are religious. Some of these are secular. And uh, what they're attempting to do is they're attempting to adjust or to cure the psyche. This is the inner uh, personality of the inner part of man. And they're attempting to do that. But what they're doing is they're ignoring the spiritual nature of man. You'll never minister to man until you understand that basically man has a spiritual nature. So the Bible has some very potent words that we need to think about as we begin to work through that. These are words like uncleanness. Think about that for a moment. This is a Bible word. This word is used, and this word is used in a very potent and powerful imagery. And without uh, enumerating all that's there, uh, your own minds and hearts can catch hold of that. It uses the terminology uncleanness, uses the word impurity, uses the word pollution, uses the word filthiness, uses the word defilement. These are all Bible words, and these Bible words are, are words that all are related to sin, and as they're related to sin, they have to do with man's conscience, and as they have to do with man's conscience, they deal with condemnation, and they deal with guilt. And so when we begin to work through and begin to talk about uh, the need of man. These are Bible words that are used about man's condition, about the inner uh, the inner condition of his heart. And these are all words that describe, and we don't have to enumerate. The Holy Spirit's already enumerating to people that are sitting here tonight. You already know um, of, in your own personality, you know how those words relate to you. And so these are words that have to do with your own conscience, and these are words that describe the inner condition of man's heart and soul as he has to wrestle with the subject of sin. There's only one agent that cleanses. Look for a moment at the text that I've read. And the text that I've read uses the terminology, the blood of the Lamb. It uses that very specifically. And the Holy Spirit deliberately draws that imagery to us. In Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said shortly before Calvary, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And Revelation 7:14 says, These have washed their robes, and they've made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Forgiveness and cleansing tonight is the thrilling promise of those that are saved. Can you say amen? Thank God for that. What a horrible religion that leaves you uh, in, in your present state, goes through nothing more than religious terminology or religious ritual, but yet leaves you in the horrible condition that I just described because these words are the description of the, of the inner condition of man's heart, soul, and his conscience as it's before God. And so it's a horrible fraud to have a religion that does not deal with this issue. Filthiness is one of the great words uh, that are used by Paul. He uses this in a number of places. I'm not going to exhaust this. He uses this at one time when he talks about filthy communication. He's talking about human speech. Uh, and you and I will have to confess that mankind has the ability for filthy speech. He talks about that. He talks about filthy conduct. 
And when he talks about filthy conduct, the, uh, the old King James uh, uses the word conversation, which is literally conduct. And so as he uses that, he's talking about sexual impurity. And we don't have to elaborate on that. Every one of you sitting here understand what that's all about. He uses the word uh, uh, filthy dreamers. Uh, and uh, and uh, this word is used uh, in the New Testament. And as this word is used, uh, it's talk about, it's ta- it uh, gives us the imagery of the uncleanness of the imaginations. And so when we begin to think tonight about cleansing, this is the thrilling promise of the New Testament revelation. This is the thrilling promise that stretches back to the Old Testament, works itself through, because that cleansing has to do primarily with man's inner condition, because man's a, a man is a spirit. Uh, he is literally a spiritual creature, and as man is a spiritual creature, he has that uh, condition of the heart, and the thrilling promise of God is that God will move in those areas, uh, and He will give a cleansing. One of the most revealing uh, cases that we can think of is the case of Ted Bundy. Many of us who were here saw a video on Ted Bundy and uh, shortly before he was executed. Ted Bundy perhaps uh, murdered as many as 58 young women. This man had a personality that was twisted and uh, this twisted part of his personality drove him, tormented him, until he would abduct young women in parking lots in various places. He would take them, uh, sexually uh, abuse them, and cruelly murder them. And he, and he got out of this a sexual pleasure, and this drove and tormented him. But hear the words of Ted Bundy. I want to reiterate this with you. He's in an interview with uh, James Dobson. And as he's in an interview, Ted Bundy says, I'm a normal person. Except for this one compartment of my life. He said, there are other Ted Bundys walking your streets. There are many of them. He said, I'm a normal person. I have friends. I have associates. I hold down a job. I live normally in a neighborhood. And for most of the time, I function normally. But there's this one compartment of my life. This little compartment that like to take young women and dismember them, sexually abuse them, and murder them. This is one little compartment. But otherwise, Ted Bundy said, I'm just like your neighbor. Now, that's a phenomenal statement. Can you say amen? And in this interview, Ted Bundy revealed that what had happened to him is that in his young years, he was raised in a Christian home. He had good Christian parents. There was nothing wrong with his family that produced this. But he began to become involved with pornography. And as he became involved with pornography, it cursed his life because pornography is the curse of the addiction of an unclean spirit. And so when we begin to think this evening about the blood of the Lamb, and when we begin to talk about the thrilling prospect of God not simply going through some kind of religious ritual with us, but actually entering into the secret compartments of the soul. And there, making clean the inward part of man, we're talking about something powerful, and we're talking about something wonderful, and we're talking about something that many in this generation desperately need. 
See, our conscience tonight is our self-testimony. If you want to know what conscience is, conscience is what you yourself know that you are. And as we begin to think about that, this is our self-testimony. The Bible says that our conscience either excuses or accuses us. These are Bible terms. So we have our conscience. Our conscience has the ability to bear testimony for us or against us. This involves all the thefts that we've ever done. This involves all the lies that we've been involved in. This involves all the violations of lust and on and on. All these compound and form up what is our conscience and they become our self-testimony against ourselves, either accusing or excusing. And there we find the horrible problem which is an unclean conscience, a condemned conscience, and that is the thrilling promise of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. See, the Bible proclaims that there's a cleansing. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 5, Now unto him who loved us and has washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hebrews 9.14, The blood of Christ shall purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hebrews 10.22, Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience by the blood of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest testimonies to the power of this is given by the Apostle Paul as he writes to the church at Corinth and, he, and, he, and as he writes to them, he writes and he says uh, uh, that, that in the church there's fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards and revilers, and extortioners. And then he ends that long list of people that are in the Corinthian church and he says, but you are washed. Or in other words, what he's saying is that something's happened to these people who have that history in their background. Something has powerfully happened. And what has happened is that that washing has come to pass by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so here's this beautiful imagery that is given. And that imagery is the blood of the Lamb. And John uh, the Baptist sees Jesus coming and he gives that wonderful testimony that's recorded for uh, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The blood of Jesus Christ has the power to cleanse you. The second thing I want to consider with you this evening is that the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is to deliver. A spiritual realm is very real. In the Bible, we have the revelation of Lucifer. We have the Bible that clearly gives us understanding and instructs us about Satan. Let's us know that this is the devil or the adversary. Tells us about demons. It lets us understand that they're evil angels, instructs us that they're evil spirits. And so there's a very real spiritual realm. And their activity this evening is to exert a powerful, invisible, spiritual influence upon human beings for their ruin. That's the power and the reality of the spiritual realm. 
They move in the emotions. They move in the memories. They move in the, in the appetites. They move in the mind. They move in, uh, in uh, the imaginations. And uh, they are powerfully at work. And the Bible says that this activity is a reality in human experience. But the Bible says there's power in the blood. I want you to look at the text for a moment. Here we get this powerful imagery. Moses is coming to a place of potent revelation. He says to them they're to take the blood of the Lamb. They are to take this blood, and as it's caught in a basin, they are to take it, and they are to take with the hyssop, and to sprinkle this blood upon the lintel and the doorposts. They are to put it on the lintel overhead, and on the two doorposts on side to side, and they are to do that. And as, as that is done, there is a boundary that is established beyond which the death angel will not go and cannot go. Think about that for a moment. Here's a wonderful imagery, and this wonderful imagery is that through the blood of this Lamb, there's a boundary that is established, and God says that in every household that this blood is upon the doorpost, a boundary is established, and this death angel cannot go. This boundary is there, and the limit is established, and the death angel will not and cannot go beyond that boundary. Now, this is a wonderful imagery of deliverance that I want to consider with you for a moment. Addicts this evening are more than people that are bound with chemistry and bound with habit. You see, many people, and our government included, has spent millions of dollars with all kinds of programs trying to cure drug addicts because the approach to drug addiction is this is a chemical addiction and this chemical addiction can be cured if we just put them in, dry them out and we get a program established for them. You see the problem is that uh, drug addiction for instance is more than just simply uh, chemistry that's involved. It's more than a chemical. It's more than simply a habit that's involved. It, would, you're dealing with spirits, and these spirits fasten themselves uh, and enslave uh, uh, individuals uh, through the actions that these individuals involve themselves in. This is why that immorality is so hard to get free from. Is because that all these things that human nature is, uh, is heir to drug addiction, immorality, uncleanness, uh, and on and on. These are things that human beings have involved themselves to, but there's more that happens than simply a, 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 an addiction to habit. There's a powerful spiritual force, uh, and this is why, for instance, immorality is so difficult to get free from. I was praying for a woman some time ago uh, up in the office who'd been involved in adultery, and as I was praying for this woman, I, uh, I was sitting there. I said, I want you to get on your knees. And uh, I want you to pray this prayer. I had my hands clamped around her head. And I'm leading her in this prayer. And this prayer is, uh, and I, uh, I take dominion over this spirit of lust. When she came to the, she said, I take dominion over this. And when she came to that, she could not say it. She's struggling. I've got her hands clapped in my head. I said, say it, say it. And she gagged and struggled and finally said, the moment she said it, she was free. 
Say, what was that? It was a spirit, plain and simple, that had fastened itself to human personality through the actions that that individual had taken. We had uh, recently a young man here from Mexico, uh, Balthazar Marta, had a young man here. Uh, many of you undoubtedly uh, met him, and this young man came here a heroin addict. He came here because the family asked Balthazar and Marta if they would take and see if they could help him. He came here a stone-cold heroin addict. Now, heroin addiction is a spirit. I remember Marta called me, and uh, he's going through withdrawals, and uh, she, and uh, said, what, 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 what's to be done? It's a demon. When you understand it's a demon, then you're halfway home. And there's nothing to help demons but spiritual force. And the only spiritual force that is to be exercised in demon spirit power is the spiritual force that comes through prayer and through words. He got free. He went back to Mexico, what, last week, a few days ago? Healed, cured, in his right mind, delivered by the power of God because heroin is an addiction that has been fastened upon a human personality by a demon. There's many curses that people involve themselves in. And these give demons legal right to fasten hold of their personality. Paul talks about idolatry in Corinthians, and he says that idolatry is a communion with demons. Or in other words, what he's saying is that when people bow down to images and they're involved in worshiping of images, there's more involved than simply heathen superstition. There's demon force that is involved. They've cursed themselves and opened themselves to demon power. And demons have a legal right then to influence their lives. This is true in the occult practices. People who involve themselves in occult practices open themselves and they open themselves and are cursed. People who have been involved in occult religions and occult practices have brought a curse upon them and demons have a legal right to fasten themselves to their personalities. People who've been involved in homosexuality have opened themselves to demonic forces. People who've involved themselves in incest. People who've involved themselves in abortion. And I could go on and on. These have open themselves to a cult and a spiritual power and demon forces. Now look again at the text. We're looking at the blood on the lintel and the doorpost and the Bible says very clearly that it is the blood that brings a deliverance. There's an evil force that is going to pass through the land. That evil force is going to strike the firstborn of every household in Egypt with sickness. And that child is going to die before the night is out. But there's a boundary that is established. There's a deliverance that is to come forth. And that deliverance that has come forth is to be through the blood of the Lamb. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, who has delivered us? This is Jesus Christ. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, we're talking about deliverance, and this is a very, a very potent word that is there, and that word means a translation into another spiritual dimension where there's deliverance. That's what we're talking about, and this is the picture that is there. We sing a, a chorus in our 
uh, churches, the power of God lies within the blood of Jesus Christ. It will cleanse you from your sin so you can walk within His light. It will purge your conscience clean so you can serve the living God. All power lies within the precious blood. This is why just simply uh, going through uh, some kind of outward form of religion will not do you any good. There, there must be a deliverance of the soul. That's why many people who uh, assemble in churches, Christian churches, where supposedly the gospel is preached, but there never is any invitation, there never is any anointing, there never is any power, there's never any dynamic, there's never any action taken. They simply come in and come out, come in and come out, come in and come out. Nothing ever happens, and they're never delivered is because that action never does take place. I want to talk to you briefly about the power of the blood to heal. Sin and sickness is inseparably linked in the Bible. I'm a product of a Bible school, and they avoid this like a plague. It was not until I began to study and began to read and began to simply take the Bible for what it said and, and properly interpret, I began to understand what I'm saying tonight. I said sin and sickness are inseparably linked in the Bible. You cannot separate the two. Without going into a full exposition, Exodus 15 and 26, and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptian, for I am the Lord who heals you. So conversely, if that scripture means anything, it means if you don't do what God says to do, then these diseases will come upon you. Doesn't take a Bible scholar to interpret that. There's a long history of this in the Bible. Moses had a sister. Her name was Miriam. She hated his wife. Moses didn't marry according to Miriam's choice, which is a, quite a common failing in families. She hated his wife. And uh, she uh, finally couldn't stand that any longer. This uh, began to rankle and boil within her. She joined an alliance with Aaron, her brother. And one day they challenged Moses uh, and they said, Moses, who do you think you are? We know God too. And they rose up and challenged his authority. And the moment she did, leprosy came upon her body. That didn't take a great theologian to interpret that. King Jehoram is a man who ruled in Israel. He disobeyed God. He began to involve himself in idolatry and false religion. As he did this, uh, the Bible relates to us uh, that uh, because of this curse came upon his life, a curse came upon his life, and because of this, uh, King Jehoram's intestines fell out. That's pretty graphic. I'm not sure I want to interpret that, but it sounds like cancer of the bowel. We have a man named Jeroboam. He's a king of Israel. He's uh, uh, practicing a little idolatry on the side. There's an altar has been raised. And there's a prophet of God comes down by specific direction. 
he's prophesies against this altar, says, O altar, and he begins to pronounce a curse upon the altar and those who are involved themselves in it. King Jehoram is standing by and he stretches out his hand and he said, Seize that man. And when he did, his hand shriveled up to his side. Now that doesn't take too much preaching. We have a man named Nabal. He is the husband of Abigail. The Bible says he's a churlish man or a fool. He's unappreciative. He's given to temper fits. He dishonors David who has blessed him and has an uh, outburst of temper. And the scripture says that his heart turned to stone. It described for us a stroke. So without being too heavy theologically... Let me say again that sin and sickness are inseparably linked in the Bible. But the good news is that believers are given the promise that they can be victorious over sickness. Here's the imagery again. Let's look back to Exodus 12. The destroyer's coming. The Bible says plainly that the destroyer's coming. The death angel, the, the uh, old King James, the new King James says the destroyer. He's overcome. There's going to be an escape. And God says very plainly that He's not going to come to your house to strike you. In other words, you're going to find a deliverance from sickness or healing from sickness. Revelation 12:11. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb. The Bible's filled with this wonderful truth. Psalms 91, 6 through 10 says that you will not be afraid of the pestilence. That's a sickness that walks in darkness. as are evil spirit forces that lay hold upon you. Verse 10, no plague shall come near your dwelling. In the book of Deuteronomy 7, 15 and Exodus 23, 25, uses the same terminology. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. These are wonderful words of promise of healing that comes through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. This is accomplished by the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Lamb that is sacrificed for us. I want to call your attention to Isaiah 53, verse 4. This is the great prophetic text that looks forward to Calvary's tree. This describes the wonderful work that the Lamb of God did, the Lamb of God. This, in other words, this is a done deal. It's what Peter is saying for those who claim this by their faith. And finally, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, it gives us this beautiful picture and brings it into focus. It says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities, and he bore our sicknesses. This is more than a spiritual illusion. This is reality. This means that he took these to bear them to Calvary's cross. The blood of Jesus Christ this evening is available for all who will come. There's a wonderful song in our, in our hymnal. And this song was written many years ago by people who understood what I'm saying tonight. And that song is entitled, There's a Fountain Filled with Blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins, 
And sinners plunge beneath that blood, flood lose all their guilty stains. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ is for cleansing. That power is for deliverance from demon forces in whatever manifestation or whatever uh, they affect in human personality. And it is for healing of the body because it's the blood that is the token of what was accomplished by the stripes that he bore. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed, no one moving around for a moment. And Christians are open before God. The power of the blood is the greatest revelation of the Bible. The power of the blood carries within it all that is needed for human personality, for time or eternity. Before we change the service for a moment this evening, there are people here this evening that are not saved. You've not been born again. You've not had the power of sin broken in your life. Others of you are here this evening. You are backslidden. You once knew the power of Jesus Christ in salvation and blessing, but you're backslidden tonight, and God's stretching forth His hand to you in love. I'm going to pray for the sick in a little while, but before I do that, I want to afford you the opportunity to get your heart right with God. The blood of Jesus Christ has supernatural power. The blood of Jesus Christ is the token of all that was accomplished in Calvary's tree. That blood can cleanse you tonight, make you clean, free your conscience from dead works to serve the living God, wash you, cleanse you and make you stand free from filthiness and uncleanness, impurity, make you whole. That blood can deliver you from the strongholds of hell, can deliver you from the evil addictions and from the habits that lay hold upon your personality, set you free. There's deliverance in the blood. That blood has the power to bring healing to you tonight as it's invoked and brought to bear upon the sickness of your body. It has power to heal. Just before I change the service this evening, I wonder how many people are here and God's dealing with you. Maybe you don't understand all that I've said tonight. You don't understand the full course of what I have ministered about. But what you do understand is that you need God. And I wonder before I change this service to other things tonight is the Holy Spirit lays hold of you, draws you to Calvary. You'd be honest with God. You'd say, Pastor, tonight I'm not right with God. I'm unsaved. I'm not born again. I have no assurance of sins forgiven or I'm backslidden. But tonight, before you change that service, I'd like for you to pray for me. I want if you'd slip your hand up and hold it right there where you're sitting and say, Pastor, I need God tonight. I want you to pray for me. God bless you. Keep that hand up. How many more? You'd say, Pastor, tonight I, I desperately need God. God bless you. Yes. Keep those hands up. How many more? You'd slip your hand up in honesty to God. God bless you. Yes. I, I need God tonight. I want God to help me. I want to avail myself of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want to get right with God. I'm backslidden or I've never been born again. My heart's not right, but I want to get right. You'd slip your hand up right there where you are and hold it. Yes, I see that hand, sir. Others, Jesus is calling tonight. Maybe you're here this evening. Maybe you're, you, you attend church. You, you go in and out. You're, 
you, you've made your way into church. You kind of have some association and identification, but you're not saved tonight. You'd slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I need God tonight. I want to be clean. Yes, God bless you. Anyone else want to join these? Say, Pastor, I need God tonight. My heart's not right, but I want to get it right. I don't want to leave this building unclean. I don't want to leave this building without deliverance. Quickly, I'm going to change this in just a moment. You want my prayer? I want you to slip your hand up and hold it where I can see it and God can see it and say, yes, I need God tonight, Pastor. I want you to pray for me before you close this service tonight. Anyone else? Okay, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want those that lifted your hands, I want you to lift your head and look at me. You really mean that back there, sir? You mean that? God bless you. You mean that over there? You mean this over here? I want you to slip out of your seat. I want you to come down and find a place to pray right now while I'm talking. Just slip out. Come out right now. God bless you. Yes. Come out right now. Find a place to pray. God cares about you. Just kneel down right there, dear. Amen. God bless you. Just kneel down right there, sir. We're going to stand and sing that chorus, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. If you brought someone with you unsaved, or backslidden, I want you to turn to them, invite them quickly and gently and lovingly to join with you as you go down to pray. I want you to join, invite them to come right now. Let's sing that chorus. You turn to your neighbor, your friend, your visitor, your family member, invite them to come. And while these are coming, there are many that God's dealing with tonight. God has ministered to you. He's reached inside your heart. You have been born again, you have been saved, but you're needing deliverance tonight. And God's dealing with you about conditions of your heart and soul. These altars are open, and while these are coming, you need to come. You need to seal this tonight. You need to let, not let this night pass until you've availed yourself of the deliverance which is yours. As we sing this course, would you come? Oh, the blood of Jesus, let's sing it right now. And oh, blood, it's your portion, and it's your deliverance. I'm going to pray. Uh, tonight for uh, some people you can pray as long as you want to at the altar I want to pray tonight for sick people I want to pray for any new converts who have been saved four months or less you have a sickness in your body you have some disease or deformity or something that you need in your body of a healing I want to pray for you I want to pray for any visitors that uh, you are here tonight you go to another church uh, you've come tonight because you need healing and you've come into this service. I want to pray for you I want to pray for uh, any accident injuries if you have uh, accident uh, injuries uh, sickness uh, of uh, automobile industrial household work injury. I want to pray for you. I want Bear Montgomery to come I want to pray for him. So any of these things that I'm calling out if you come and stand right here I want to pray for you this evening. I pray for Bear. I want John Camus to come help me pray for uh, these, if you will. I want to pray for any visitor tonight that has need in their body. Anybody goes to another church, you're coming, you're here tonight, and uh, you have come, you want to be prayed for, you need a healing, God will heal you tonight. He'll set you free. And so I want to start working through these uh, first of all, I want to pray for Bear, if uh, if I could. And uh, you folks can be seated. Your visitor, you brought someone with you that's a visitor, if you want to bring them. 
You want to pray for them? Okay, Bear, you got an infection of some kind? It, infection of the knee and then it was spread downward to the leg by the ankle. It's gone down from the leg then. Do you have any pain from that right now? I like a lot. A yeah. lot of pain. So you'd know right now if you got healed Absolutely. then, which praise God. Got a shunt in his arm here. They're putting him super duper biotics, right? Absolutely. So what do they say it is? They don't know. Uh, I injured it on the job and then a day two days later uh, uh, it just flamed up and uh, got hot and swollen. So how did you injure it on the job? What do you mean you? I kicked it uh, on my truck, and uh, but for a couple of days it didn't hurt. And suddenly after last, I see. last service Wednesday night, it so caused some kind of problem. How many of you believe God could heal this leg right now? Amen. Why don't you put your hand down on that, bear? What you say in the name of Jesus name Christ? Of Jesus Christ. I break the curse. I break the curse of infirmity, of infirmity infection of every, infection kind. Of every kind. I cast out uh, pain. I cast out pain by the blood of, Jesus, the blood of Christ. Jesus Christ. I command all infirmity. I command all infirmity to leave this to body. leave my body. I forgive those. I forgive those that have sinned against that me. That have sinned against me. Cast out hatred. I cast out hatred. All rebellion. All rebellion. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus makes me free. Makes me free. Loose him right in now Jesus in the name of Jesus. What do you have to do to make it hurt? That? Well, it's uh, it's swollen up for a week, you know, with just the infection. So did you have pain when you came up here? Oh, yeah, but the, the pain is gone. But the swelling is still there. Stiff. So what was the pain in it? Just lifting up your leg or standing on just, it? Just standing up. Just standing up. And that pain's not there now? No, really, it's all gone. <laughs> not just trying to make me look good now. All right. <laughs> uh? I don't mind you looking good. <laughs> But it's gone. That's gone. Hallelujah. Yeah. There's no pain there where it was before. Where was the pain? Right in the joint? Here. In the cap. Well, it's still painful here and right there. When you press on it. Yeah, there's a red. Right there. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that. Right in there when yeah. I press on it. Yeah. Stretch forth your hand, folks, right now. Hallelujah. I want you to say, Bear, in the name of Jesus, you have no dominion. You have no dominion. I break the curse of this infirmity. I cast out all infection in the name of Jesus. You leave my body. Loose him right now in the name of Jesus. What about now? Well, it's, it still hurts, but I, there's no pain when you don't touch it. And uh, There's a change in that? I, 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 was, I had pain ever since I left home. And there's no pain just standing there? No. Uh-huh. Okay, I want you to sit down right there. I want you to keep working that leg. I'm going to come back to you in a minute. I want you to keep working with the leg. Okay, you've been in an accident, and you hurt your back and your neck. You have a what? The courage in my spine is messed up. And how long has that been there? Since September. Since September.
So you got pain right now. If that left, you'd know it immediately. And so what does the doctor say about it? They put me on antidepressants. For antidepressants. That's a good sign, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. And so what's that supposed to do with it for the back? Make you feel better about your back? Huh? <laughs> Make me sleep. Okay. And so uh, and so that's lower back, upper back? It's from here all the way It's a down. curvature? And your neck well, hurts when you up. move it? All the time. Hurts all the time. And what did you start to say? It's a curvature. It's the spine is the, twisted. It's, it's stuck straight. Set. It's stuck together, just straight. Jammed. Jammed together. Yeah. So does it hurt you when you bend over? Yeah, it hurts all the time. It hurts all the time. And, and, and is it bothering your legs or it's your upper back? It's just from here all the way up. All the way up. Should be wonderful if that left, wouldn't it? <laughs> and so have you just gotten saved? I, uh -huh. Yeah, you just knew here. Take my hand. Amen. And so you've been treated by chiropractors? Uh, no, neurologists. Neurologists. That's just as bad. Okay. <laughs> I want you to say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I cast out hate. I cast out hate. And bitterness. And bitterness. And rebellion. And rebellion. I break the curse. I break the curse. Of magical healing. Of magical healing. I command all pain. I command all pain. And infirmity to leave. I forgive those I forgive those that have sinned against me. That have sinned against the me. blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus sets me free. Sets me free. You twisting demon. You twisting demon. You have no dominion. You have no dominion. You leave my body right now. You leave my body the right now. The blood of Jesus sets me free. Sets me free. Lucifer, right now in the name of Jesus, I break the curse of this infirmity. Let's praise God for a moment, saying. Should have bent over to work your back. Do something to try to make it hurt. It doesn't hurt. And how long has it been hurting? Since September? Yeah. Move your neck. What's happened to it? The pain's gone. There's no pain. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. It's all gone. Isn't that wonderful? God bless you. You go and serve the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Lots of problems for okay. 20 some years. Yeah, okay. Hi. Okay, so this is my first night here. This is your first night? Okay, well, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> and so you need a healing? Uh, you have yeah. physical problem? Very much so. And uh, what, anything specific? That... Very. It's, it's, it's long. It's been going on for 28 years. Do you have any pain in your body right oh, now? Oh, I have a lot of pain. Where's the pain at? All my muscles has deteriorated. Your muscles have deteriorated. I only deteriorated. have about half a breast left because I have a big tumor that's pulled it in. Okay. I have a chronic fatigue okay. with Epstein Barr virus. And that's the story. Epstein Barr virus. And there's no cure. No cure for that. Uh, that's a sure sign it's a demon then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, just, just, I'm not going to hurt you. Just, just get up here where I can minister. And so is this growth gone or has it been operated on? No, you can't operate on it. It's inoperable? And so that's pulled and deformed? Yeah. And it's, so have, I have a lot of pain. My, all my muscles have All your muscles have pain. And in your back? Yeah. Okay. I can't sleep. And you can't sleep. No. Okay. Jesus really does love you. <laughs> yes. I know that. Have you been born again? Yeah, 13 years. 13 years yes. ago. Where do you go to church? Well, this is my first day. I've even been able to go to church since I moved up here. Is that right? right? Yeah. Okay. I'm mostly in bed. So, if the pain left, it would be a pretty good sign God done something for you, wouldn't it? Definitely. Wouldn't it? See, I'm believing God to do that. Praise the Lord. Okay. I want you to say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
I take dominion. I take dominion over this foul spirit. Over this foul spirit of infirmity. Of infirmity. I break the curse. I break the curse right now. Right now. You foul tumor. You foul tumor. I break the power. I break the power. Of hate. I hate. I break the power of hate. I break the power of hate. I break the curse. I break the curse of bitterness. Of bitterness and rebellion. And rebellion. I forgive those. I forgive those that have sinned against me. That have sinned against me. Come against this infirmity. Come against this infirmity. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. You have no dominion. You have no dominion. I command you. I command you. You release my body. Release my body. From this moment. From this moment. You leave me. Me. Do not return. Do not return. Lucifer, right now, you tormenting spirit, I command you to come out of this body. Oh, thank God. We love you, Lord, and praise you. Let's praise God for a moment. Yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Is there any, any change in the pain in your body? Your back? Move your back. Is there any pain there? Was there pain when you came up here? Yes. That pain's not there? Yes, there's pain there. There's no change in the pain? No. None whatever? No. So what kind of a church did you go to before you came here? Well, I was going down in the valley to uh, Valley Cathedral mm-hmm. and the Sweet Water Church. Hey, were you a Catholic before? No, no. I was a heathen from Denmark. Uh, have you been, have you been uh, treated by, uh, what kind of doctors been treating you? Uh, all kinds of doctors. Chiropractic? Neurologist? Um, you name Acupuncture? Everything. 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 You're a mess, aren't you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason, because I know yes. what I'm talking about. I'm no, reaching I, I for what, saying. because you right. see, these things bring uh, spiritual powers. But see, before I was sick, I mean, when I got sick, yeah. I, I, of course, didn't go to these doctors. Yeah. But I have tried just You've about tried everything. about everything. Yeah. I want you to say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I repent. I repent. From all witchcraft. From all witchcraft. Magical healing. Magical healing. Of every kind. Of any kind. I cast out. I cast out. This foul infirmity. This foul infirmity. You must leave my you body. You must leave my I body. I command pain. I command pain. To go out. To go out. Lucifer, right now in the name of Jesus. Levanda Ramos Sanda Rosaya. Move your back now. I want you to move your back. Okay. It's okay. Hold her up. Amen. Amen. Okay. Just look at me a minute. Look at me a minute. In the name of Jesus, you have no dominion. Your power is broken right now. You're going to leave this body. Loose her right now in the name of Jesus. 
Okay, I want you to say it here right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm free. I'm free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up my legs. Yeah, you can. Okay. I want you to move your back for a minute. Move your back. Is there any change in the back? Okay, just set her right there for a minute. I want to come back to her. Do you bring this baby for? I'm going to come back to her in just a minute. Amen. He, this is my grandson. Yeah. He's got uh, infections all the time, and I thought it was Lamaze. I guess my daughter had to take Lamaze, and so he's got him, and he's right now on medication. So. So he she had, had it, and his little sisters had it before him. She had Lamaze? Yeah. And and so what's the problem with the, uh, the infections. ear infections? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And also now his eyes, too, I guess they got him some medicine. How many of you believe God can break curses? You, so you want to stand in for this little baby. I want you to say in the yes. name of Jesus, name of I, break Jesus the curse I break the curse of this witchcraft, witchcraft in Lamaze. In Lamaze. Uh, I cast out, uh, cast it out. All, infirmity all infirmity, command healing yeah. in this little body. This little body. These, ears These ears will clear in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Loose him right now in Jesus' name. Okay, we got another baby for her? Okay. You let me know what happens to this. Are you moving the leg? Oh. <laughs> That's from last week. Okay. And so what's the matter with this baby? Uh, this baby's uh, sickness, and um, I just don't want to get it spread any further than what it already What is. kind of sickness? Um, he has a nasal congestion, and um, he had an ear infection a while ago. Ear infection? Mm -hmm. Did, was, he, uh, was he born with a Lamaze? No. Okay. Hi. Let's pray for this little baby right now. I want you to pray that in the name of Jesus. I cast out rejection and the fear of rejection. I speak healing to this body in Jesus' name. Loose him right now in the name of Jesus. He sprained his ankle. Okay. Is it hurt? You want to get healed? You believe? Okay, let's set him down the chair up here. How'd you sprain it? Just walking? You jumped? You landed on a rock. Put your hips right back. Let me just take a look at this. Yeah, I want you to say in the name of Jesus. You born again? When did you get saved? A couple of months ago, living for God. Won't you say in the name of Jesus, I take dominion over this infirmity, cast out hatred and bitterness. I command healing power by the blood of Jesus. You leave my body. All pain will go out and healing power and resurrection life by the blood of Jesus that makes me free. Loose him right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to him right now. Stand up on some weight on it. Is there any pain in there now? None at all? Sure. Not just trying to make me look good. No pain. Take the thing off of it. Any change in that? 
What's it change? The pain is gone and uh, it just feels better. Just feels better and better. Okay. How about you? Any pain gone? No difference. Okay. Well, we'll work on you later then. So, uh, I want to pray for people who have habits tonight before I uh, conclude. I want uh, anyone who has a habit tonight, you want deliverance from. Get up out of your seat. Come right down here. God will deliver you right now. You have a, del- a habit. There's, there's no deliverance and and uh, hiding. If you come to God and come out clean, come out and stand. You want deliverance from habits right here. I want you to come. I want to pray for anyone this evening. You have a driving impulse. Okay, listen carefully to me. You have a driving impulse. This this uh, lays hold of you, and uh, it, uh, it 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 it, uh, it obsesses you. It moves you, and that's a that's a sign of uh, a demonic uh, assault. You are being driven. You're being you're being impelled. Uh, I'm not talking about just the normal flow of life. You're you're driven. You're impelled. I want to pray for anyone uh, this evening who is mentally assaulted. In in, in your mind, you're mentally assaulted. Or uh, others who may have appetites of various kinds, alcohol, uh, cigarettes, uh, drugs, whatever it is. Come and stand right here. And Jesus is going to set you free. Any of these things that I'm uh, describing tonight, you want to get free from. I want you to come and stand. The blood of Jesus has power. Hallelujah. How many of you believe the blood of Jesus has power? Glory to God. Simple but powerful. The blood of Jesus has power. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the power of God here tonight. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive tonight. Yes, amen. Didn't he ask for him? He gave him up. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, if we wait long enough, the whole congregation is going to come. Jesus will set you free. I want every one of you here to bow your head. I want those in the audience, I want you to stretch out your hand toward these people. Those that are standing here, I want you to pray this prayer. Oh God, right now tonight, I come in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm desperate before your presence. I confess this appetite, this habit, this sin. I take dominion by the blood of Jesus Christ. I cast out this foul appetite, this obsession. I take dominion over this mental assault. I rebuke this tormenting spirit that moves me and impels me. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I turn and repent right now. Oh God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I take dominion and deliverance. I command this appetite to leave. I command this obsession to depart. I rebuke this assault. And I take deliverance by the blood of Jesus.